0: Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 12. King David, for uh, quite a bit of time, dealt with great adversity in his life. And at one point, he said, Lord, there are thousands coming against me. Uh, And Lord, you will knock out the teeth of the wicked. That's in Psalm 3. He's saying, God, you will take care of those who are coming against me and trying to destroy me with their mouths. And, and you will defend me, and you will protect me. Uh, God did protect David, and God did allow David to experience a great blessing in his reign uh, as king over Israel. Uh, but just as, to, as in that time, it, in today's time, gossip is a destructive force. Uh, the enemy never likes it when God begins to work. Uh, And oftentimes, one of the things the enemy will do was to be to try to get God's people to gossip against one another. And when that happens, the enemy is able to come in uh, and people uh, get crossways with each other and there's tension and there is strife. Uh, And so God knows that we need to be delivered from this sin of gossip. We need to have our speech be that which builds people up rather than tears people down. Uh, So Solomon is writing here in the Proverbs about uh, the sin of gossip. Now there's two sections here. One section he describes a malicious man or a worthless man who goes and who causes trouble and tries to destroy others through his words and through his actions. Uh, And then he talks about seven sins that God hates. But I believe these two scriptures are tied together. And I believe Solomon did that intentionally so that even though those seven sins that God hates are separate sins, uh, they are expressed in and through the life of the person who is a gossip. Uh, Now, not necessarily every sin will be involved with every gossip. This is a general statement here of how things usually work. But it's given to help us understand, first of all, what does it look like? uh, And secondly, how to avoid it. Uh, so that we can recognize it in ourselves and and repent of that, so we can recognize it in others and seek to help them to overcome it as well. Uh, So I believe each of us, as God's people, need to repent and avoid the sin of gossip when that's involved in our lives. And we need to pray for others who have that sin as well. So look with me at Proverbs 6 and verse 12. And the title of my message is God's Hatred, Of gossip. Verse 12 says, A worthless person, a wicked man who goes around speaking dishonestly, who winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, and gestures with his fingers, who plots evil with perversity in his heart and stirs up trouble constantly. Therefore, calamity will strike him suddenly, he will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. Six things the Lord hates, in fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, a lying witness who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. God's hatred of gossip. Six things the Lord hates. Seven things are detestable to him. Uh, I put this in the shocking sermons of the Bible, shocking scriptures of the Bible, because I believe it is a little shocking. Most of us don't usually think of gossip as being all that big of a deal. But to God, it is a big deal. Because God sees the effects of what gossip does. And so God is describing, through Solomon here, uh, this sin of gossip. And uh, notice how he describes it. First of all, this gossip communicates creatively. Creatively. And verse 12 and 13, it says he speaks dishonestly. So he's deceptive in what he says. He's creative with his speech. Uh, knows how to put things just a certain way to get somebody uh, else thinking something wrong, something wrong about someone else. Uh, he winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, and gestures with his fingers. Now, I'm sure probably all of us have winked at somebody, you know, in a joke. That's not what he's talking about. He's speaking of this person who has been uh, interacting with other people, gossiping with other people, and trying to destroy someone else. And so he has these signals worked out. When I do such and so, you do so and so. And so he's got He's creative. He's come up with this plan, with this scheme of how he is going to destroy someone else. Um, When we... In, in our lives face this kind of thing and we we uh, see this happening, maybe you see it happening in your church, maybe you see it happening in your family, or maybe it's happening at work, uh, take that to the Lord in prayer uh, and ask for God's protection. Uh, that might be a good time if you're the one under attack to go to God in fasting and prayer. It might be a good time to, to seek God's face in a special way, maybe to get a prayer partner. Uh, but we don't need to uh, ever be involved in that kind of thing. Do you do you know God is sovereign? God is able to handle things. Uh, I always thought the story of Balaam and Balaam's donkey was an interesting one. You know, uh, God somehow supernaturally empowers a donkey to speak. And uh, uh, the donkey is ends up being smarter than Balaam. You know, he's, he sees the angel and he says, I'm not going any farther. And he says... Uh, Balaam begins to beat his donkey and say, Go on, go on. And, and <clears throat> the donkey turns around and says, What have I done to you? You know, haven't I been a faithful donkey to you? And begins to talk back to, to Balaam. Uh, can I tell you, God is sovereign? Balaam was on his own wicked purpose, and his donkey got in his way. God is sovereign. God is able to disrupt the wickedness of people. And so as, as God's people, we don't need to resort to these kind of tactics of working in the background and campaigning and trying to get something against someone else because God is sovereign and we can trust Him and we can look to Him in times of difficulty. Uh, God delivered David. God also delivered Solomon uh, as, as both David and Solomon called out to Him. But know that the gossip is creative resist the temptation to scheme against someone else now you may not scheme you may not have an elaborate scheme your scheme may be more subtle you may have a scheme that is you don't really necessarily tell anybody else about but maybe in the conversation you're making an expression like this and you know the person speaking doesn't see you but everybody else sees you and what are you saying when you make that expression You're communicating something. And, and sometimes people can be very subtle. They can be very creative in the way they try to uh, undermine somebody else. And sometimes it may not be intentional. We all have body language, and sometimes that body language comes across. But we need to be careful that with our, with our face, with our hands, with our gestures, that we're not trying to, to uh, disrupt somebody else and cause them trouble because God hates that. So uh, a gossip communicates... First of all, creatively. Secondly, destructively. Verse 14 says, he plots evil with perversity in his heart and stirs up trouble constantly. Uh, Therefore, calamity will strike him suddenly, and he will be shattered instantly and beyond recovery. So the gossip is destructive. Uh, We had a lady in in our last church that would uh, lie about other people in the church. And she would, uh, she, you know, she, would, she would campaign behind the scenes against people and cause trouble. We, you know, it hurt, it hurt uh, people in our church. It hurt our church. Uh, it hurt her. Uh, eventually, she got angry when somebody confronted her. And she left the church and took her family with her. And her unsaved brother-in-law, who was coming to church, was no longer in church. Isn't that sad? He could have come to Christ, and because of her gossip, he ends up not being exposed to the gospel. It was destructive. Listen, a lot of times people may realize the destructiveness they cause through their speech with others, but they don't realize the destructiveness that comes upon them. God says he will be destroyed suddenly and shattered instantly beyond recovery. There's the, the the idea of this person in the, the back room plotting against somebody else, not realizing that one day God will bring them to account. So destructively, he, he communicates destructively, destroys him, it destroys others. You remember Judas? Judas went to betray Jesus and he was behind the scenes, he took the Thirty pieces of silver to betray Jesus and he comes and he kisses Jesus on the cheek and and he's, he's told the, the people whoever I kiss, he is the one and you know you take him and and uh, do what you will and afterwards Judas is stricken, his conscience is he, he is overwhelmed by grief at what he's done, and he goes out and hangs himself. I want you to know it was destructive. Uh, to Jesus in the sense of what he'd done, although it was God's plan and God ultimately uh, won redemption through Christ and what he did, uh, there was a destructiveness to to what was taking place and it destroyed Judas as well. And so uh, the, the gossip communicates destructively. Thirdly, I want you to see that the gossip communicates arrogantly. The gossip communicates arrogantly. Look at verse 17. The six or seven things, uh, this is, by the way, the six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable. It's just a way of being emphatic in, in, uh, in the Hebrew. Um, he hates arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. There's this arrogance about this. <clears throat> Maybe you've known someone in your life. He was very arrogant, and, and they'd hurt other people, and they didn't care. And, you know, it was all about them. Uh, we had a fellow one time uh, in a church I pastored who uh, was very arrogant. He, he was constant. he was the center of trouble. Uh, you know, there was always somebody uh, offended because of him, and he was always doing something. And uh, one day, he threatened me. <laughs> I mean, he was, I mean, that's the way he was. Uh, And there's this arrogant spirit about him. Well, you know, I I can do what I want. Uh, I can hurt who I want. And don't ask me to do something different than the way I'm going to do it. And through a series of circumstances, he was no longer in that church. His sin came back to to end end up uh, causing him great harm. And uh, he he lost his position of, of influence and leadership. Uh, and and he he ended up leaving the church, and it was such a sad thing to see. Uh, but he had this arrogant. You know, the Bible says God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Uh, the The gossip oftentimes will have an arrogant spirit about them. They know everything that's right, and peop, other people don't. And they're behind the scenes talking about how everybody else is not measuring up. Guess what? None of us measure up. <laughs> None of us do. That's why we need Christ. Uh, and so uh, the gossip will uh, communicate arrogantly. Beware of the attitude within yourself that you have all the answers and no one else does. That's a dangerous path to be on. And look at when somebody else uh, acts that way and is very critical of every other other person and is talking about other people all the time. Uh be, be aware of that and recognize that arrogant spirit. And don't be sucked into that and join with that person, but recognize where they are. And say, so, Lord, uh, you pray for that person. Maybe even say, have you gone to that person? Have you talked to that person and shared your heart with that person? The way the Bible says we're supposed to do it. Uh, but don't allow yourself to be sucked in by by that arrogant person who is seeking to destroy other people. So, uh, he speaks creatively, he speaks destructively, he speaks arrogantly. Fourthly, he speaks eagerly. Some of you may have read the book, uh, Anne of Green Gables, or may have seen the movie. Uh, there's a character called Miss Rachel Lynde uh, in that movie, and uh, she's a gossip. And when she gossips, whenever she hears, she's always looking and trying to find out what the latest news is and, and then goes and gossips and shares with other people. And she's so eager. Uh, well, I heard something happens, and she will run down. I've got to go to town. I've got to find out what's going on. You know. And she runs, and she goes, and she, she hears the news, and she, uh, then she shares. Now, sometimes she would share accurately about something. Sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she'd be totally mistaken. Uh, Did you know... When we are eager to share, there's one thing to share news, I mean, that's okay. But when we're sharing something negative about somebody else, that's always a dangerous thing. Because uh, when we do so, a lot of times we don't have all the facts. The Bible says that the first person that speaks seems to be right until the other person with the rest of the story talks. And then it brings context to what's going on. Uh, so be careful about having that eager desire, uh, and sometimes we feed that eager desire, don't we? Because uh, the, the scripture says that gossip, choice words, go down like a, a tasty morsel. Sometimes we're like, Oh, what happened? What? Ha- tell me. I, I want to hear more. And uh, you know, we feed that whole thing. And so there's, sometimes there's two sides to the ship there, and uh, and we feed that process. But be careful about being eager to share other things. First of all, a lot of times we don't have our facts straight. You know what the Bible says? If there's an accusation to be taken against another uh, person, there needs to be two witnesses, two eyewitnesses. You're not an eyewitness, don't go sharing stuff. If you've got a problem, if you've got a grievance, you go to that person and you say, is this what's true? This is what seems to be true. Is this what's true? And seek to restore that person, not in a spirit of maliciousness, but seek to restore them. And so... <clears throat> Be careful of that eagerness that comes sometimes in, in our hearts to share that bad news, that gossip about others. Uh, then, uh, not only does he share creatively, destructively, arrogantly, eagerly, but he finally shares falsely. Verse 19. A lying witness who gives false testimony. Uh, that word false in the Hebrew is, it means deceitful Uh Deceptive. Uh, oftentimes, when people tell a story, there is a little bit of truth mixed in with error. It's deceptive. Uh, well, did you hear where so and so was? <laughs> did you Did you hear what so and so was doing? And maybe we heard one thing, but we don't. We're, we don't really know the context of it. I heard a story one time about. Um, uh, this this uh, man in the church who had who had parked his vehicle out by somebody's house. Something had car trouble or something, and it was another. It was ladies in the church, and and so this, this story started getting spread around. You know what's going on? Is this so and so? Uh, sleeping with so and so, you know, and it, it was a completely innocent thing. He wasn't even at her house, but his his car broke down there, and and so the story started, and uh, finally the the man got frustrated, and there was one woman that was especially gossiping about him, and so he took his uh, pickup truck and went and parked it outside her house, uh, and uh, the gossip woo, stopped quickly. Uh, So sometimes uh, when we share those stories, it's false. It's not even true. And so we we do great damage to the reputations of other people. And uh, we do. And he says here, a lying witness. This is somebody who's maliciously trying to destroy someone else. If you're a child of God and you're walking with God, you'll have somebody do this to you probably one of these days. Because the Bible, Jesus says, when men... Uh, revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets here before you. Our preacher, uh, when I was uh, a, a young boy, uh, we had, their story started up, somebody started the story, that he was having an affair with somebody with a, with a big green car. Well, there was only one person in the church that had a big green car, and trust me, she was the last person he would have been interested in, and so it kind of became a joke around the staff about uh, the big green car, and, and, uh, but really, it's no joke when somebody takes those things and believes them when they're false. Uh, It destroys uh, people's character, their their testimony. Uh, It destroys people's faith a lot of times in in someone else. And so we need to be very careful about using uh, gossip and leading people astray in that way. Six things the Lord hates. In fact, seven are detestable to him. That word detestable means, uh, it's, it's a word abomination. It means it's disgusting to God. You ever thought about that? Gossip being disgusting to God? God hates it. As you look at this description, and you see the gossip communicates creatively. he communicates destructively, arrogantly, eagerly, and falsely. Look in your own heart in life and see, Lord, is this true of me? If it is, and you make a choice to turn from that sin and Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and live through you so that you can uh, have speech that builds people up rather than tears people down. Uh, because God does hate the sin of gossip. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ. Chances are there's been a time in, in, in all of our lives where we have maybe shared a story, we've engaged in the sin of gossip, whatever the sin may be. Uh, Jesus uh, said that if you uh, keep all the commandments but you fail at one point, uh, you're guilty. Uh, James says you, if, you, if you've broken one commandment, you've broken them all. Uh, and so we're, we stand guilty before God in need of a Savior. And that's why God sent Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life. Only man to ever live a perfect life. He was the God-man. And he died on the cross, took the wrath of God upon, upon himself for our sin, took God's justice upon himself, the just penalty that I deserved, God placed upon Christ. And Jesus said, it is finished. The price had been paid for all sin, for all time. And three days later, Jesus rose from the dead And he told his apostles to go and spread the message about what Jesus had done and to encourage people to make a decision to turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ so that they could receive the gift of eternal life. That's what God wants to do for each and every one who lives. Yes, Jesus has done this. The price has been paid. But we must receive that gift. If you're ready to receive that gift this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'll be standing here at the front as we have our invitation time. And I want you to come and just tell me, say, Pastor, I'm ready. And uh, and we'll pray together and you can tell the Lord that you're ready to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe you're here today and you say, you know, uh, I'm guilty of the sin of gossip. And I just need to, to come to the altar and say, Lord... I confess this sin to you. I I shouldn't be this way. And I ask that you would fill me with your spirit, God. Use me to be, instead of a person who tears down, use me to be a a person who builds people up. Maybe you need to come and tell the Lord that. Maybe there's a step of obedience that you need to take this morning. Maybe you need to come for believer's baptism. Maybe God's led you to be a member of this church, and you sense that in your spirit. You just want to join here uh, with us in the work that we're doing. Uh maybe God has touched you in some other way that I've not mentioned, but you just need to do business with God. This altar's open. I'll be here at the front to pray for you if you want to come for prayer. Whatever God is, is doing in your heart, will you respond to him this morning? Let's stand. Father, uh we just come before you and we ask, Lord, that you have your way in this time. And may your son be honored and lifted up. And I pray in Jesus' name.